Good morning, Fantasy. It is Thursday, February 3rd, 8.30 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. Good morning, everyone, and thank you for making the show a part of daily routine. If you have not already, make sure you guys are subscribed to the channel and click on that bell so you get notified every single time I go live every morning, Monday through Friday at 8.30 a.m. Well, everybody, it's been a great week so far for Good Morning Fantasy. It's been our debut weekend, or not weekend, our debut week, four episodes deep now, including today. A wide variety of episode times, episode topics, and more. We also had a guest on with the Kosh the other day. I hope you guys are enjoying the videos out there. I really appreciate all the love and support for the show so far. It's been getting great feedback. I've uh, been getting a lot of views on YouTube, getting a, lot of, uh, getting a lot of downloads on podcasts as well. Thank you for all the likes on YouTube. Thank you for leaving comments, and thank you for being here in the stream every single morning with me. I appreciate it so much, and I think that this show has huge potential if I stick to my plan. And every single morning, Monday through Friday, we come together as a community and have a good morning fantasy. So thank you guys so much for being a part of my life, and thank you for letting me be a part of yours. Uh, moving into today's show, though, we have a fun one for you, another quick one. I have a meeting here at 9 a.m. for school, which is really stupid because, okay, guys, listen. So I'm in Oxford, Ohio, right? Miami University, Ohio, the, the boring Miami University, but Big, Big Ben's alma mater, right? Um, we're supposed to get a huge snowstorm here this weekend, starting today, Thursday, and tomorrow. Good morning, Akash. What's up, handsome? Thanks for being here, dude. Uh, we're supposed to get a huge snowstorm today and tomorrow uh, in Ohio, and we got school canceled for today and tomorrow. Our classes got canceled with no in-person classes. Campus is pretty much shut down uh, today and tomorrow. So we should have no school, um, but uh, I'm in a senior capstone course this semester with a lot of seniors who are taking this project we're doing very seriously. So we have a group project meeting from 9 to 10 a.m., which is absolutely gross uh, because even if I didn't have this show, that means I would have to get up at at least like 8.30 uh, for a day we don't even have classes. And I sent them a message in Slack last night, like, hey, guys, are we still having this meeting? And no one replied. So that's pretty cool. Uh, anyway, moving into today's topic, it's going to be a fun one. We're going to look at the 2021 quarterback class and uh, what their situation looks like moving forward, reflecting on a bit of their 2021 season, uh, their rookie season, and seeing what their future looks like. I mean, a lot of guys took a big step forward. Well, not a lot of guys. 2020 quarterbacks took a big step forward in their sophomore season. Uh, mostly Joe Burrow and Jamar, uh, not, not Jamar, Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase. Joe Burrow and Justin Herbert took a huge leap forwards this season. And Joe Burrow largely took a step forward because of Jamar Chase. But it's going to be very interesting to see what happens with these rookie quarterbacks going into the next season. So we're going to go one by one. I have some notes written down for each. And we're going to talk about what their future looks like, in my opinion, uh, what their ceilings are, uh, what last year looks for, looked like for them, if I'm interested in them for fantasy moving forward. And all that jazz. So move up first. We're gonna go in order of draft capital. So Trevor Lawrence and the Jacksonville Jaguars last year did not get off to the best start. Uh, rocky start, rocky situation all around for the Jacksonville Jaguars. Trevor Lawrence getting selected number one by former head coach Urban Meyer. Wanted to get out, go out and get his guy, the most talented guy. Uh, probably the reason he signed with the Jacksonville Jaguars in the first place was for Trevor Lawrence. Uh, Trevor was noted as the best talented, most talented quarterback prospect since Andrew Luck by several draft scouts in the industry. Uh, I'd say the majority of scouts had him as their QB1. Others had uh, Justin Fields as their QB1. Uh, I think it was pretty rare to see other people having like Lance or Fields or uh, not Fields, Lance or Wilson or anybody else as a QB1. It was mostly Trevor Lawrence and Justin Fields in the QB1 debate. Um, but Trevor Lawrence was definitely highly up there, highly ranked, highly recruited for many people. Uh, by many people for many reasons. Lawrence has a great uh, combination of mobility, arm strength, talent. He has a unique uh, throw-out-of-the-pocket mobility kind of style where he throws off balance a lot. Uh, overall, great prospect, very poised. Won a national championship in his time at Clemson. Uh, very, very uh, poised and competitive winning style player. So the Jacksonville Jaguars obviously needed the quarterback. They were in QB hell with Blake Bortles and company uh, over the last few years. 
Uh, and decided to bring in Trevor Lawrence here to make a change. Uh, Lawrence had a pretty rocky first year, as I mentioned already. Threw a lot of interceptions. Didn't win many games. Uh, but I think that's largely due in part to a few factors here. Uh, I think that, uh, well, one, Urban Meyer being a huge distraction and not being a very good head coach for him is a pretty big indicator of his uh, previous success. And uh, hopefully him getting out the door is a big indicator of future success. I think Travis Etienne coming back next season could be a huge boost for Trevor Lawrence, an underrated boost for Trevor Lawrence, giving him that secure check down option with talent to take the ball upfield. I think that uh, Travis Etienne is a good player. I think that he was a really good prospect. He has that great breakaway straight line speed. They also had a good relationship in college together. I think Etienne's a great uh, dynasty buy as well. I I'm interested in him right now for a low price. I think he's going to be really interesting. I think he's going to help Trevor Lawrence moving forward. But the big thing I think that can help Trevor Lawrence and the Jacksonville Jaguars move forward is adding a weapon. Uh, I've talked a lot about on Twitter recently uh, in the past few months about how Joe Burrow adding Jamar Chase was the reason why he was going to take that second-year breakout before the season started. This is a prediction. Um, we've seen before that second-year, third-year quarterbacks, when they add that big weapon, that's what really elevates them to the next level, right? Uh, we saw Joe Burrow do it with Jamar Chase. We saw Kyler Murray do it with DeAndre Hopkins. We saw uh, Josh Allen do it with Stephon Diggs. Can the Jacksonville Jaguars invest heavily in that weapon to try to take Trevor Lawrence and the Jacksonville Jaguars offense to that next level? Their running backs are great. Their wide receiver core is very mid, in my opinion. Uh, DJ Chark missing a, a large majority of last season as well also did not help Trevor Lawrence much down the stretch. Marvin Jones was his de facto number one, which is not a great option, to say the least. Love Jar Mar love Marvin Jones. I think he's a good wide receiver. But having him as your wide receiver one for your young rookie quarterback is not the best situation. Uh, I think overall, I I'm optimistic about Trevor Lawrence's future. I think he's a very talented prospect uh, who has a ton of potential. He showed great flashes all season long. And honestly, I don't like to do this, but I think I'm going to chalk up most of the season to uh, coaching and lack of weapons. So I think Trevor Lawrence... It's still uh, plenty interesting in fantasy football. I'm totally fine holding him or going out and buying him low right now. All right, moving down the draft board here. Up next, we have Zach Wilson, quarterback for the New York Jets. Uh, I was big on Zach Wilson coming out. I have an infamous tweet of mine saying that Zach Wilson's this year's Justin Herbert. That is not saying that he was going to break all the rookie records or anything like that. I meant that he was really undervalued in the fantasy community and he was going to deliver. He didn't deliver, uh, but that's okay. You know, everyone he misses. Uh, Zach, the story for Zach Wilson is a rough start. Uh, plagued by a lot of turnovers, a lot of poor decisions, forcing the ball downfield instead of taking what's, uh, what was available to him. He showed some nice flashes all year long, but he's really started to put it together after the after he got injured down the stretch and Mike White and those other backup quarterbacks played in front of him for a couple games. He got some more chance to get some more practice reps in, in my opinion. And uh, Zach Wilson really took a step forward. He started to uh, make less turnover-worthy plays. He started to actually move the ball down the field, make some game-winning uh, decisions for the Jets. Um, I actually like Zach Wilson. I'm, I'm pretty interested in him long-term uh, for the New York Jets. I think he is a franchise-worthy guy uh, right now. I mean, it's not. It's a little too early to say, uh, you know, for certain. But I do like his situation for him, low-key. Um, Elijah Moore is a very talented wide receiver. They still have some other nice weapons there in New York. That's not bad at all. Elijah Moore, though, is, is the headliner there. Elijah Moore is a very, very good uh, young NFL wide receiver. I think him and Zach Wilson could develop a nice relationship down the line for sure. Michael Carter is also a nice piece for him there. A nice receiving back to help out uh, third down situations. Uh, him and Elijah Moore uh, come out of Zach Wilson. Could be a very interesting fantasy football trio going forward for the next decade, hopefully. Uh, we'll see how that develops there. They also have a nice young offensive line that I'm a fan of. Uh, Makai Becton at the left tackle position and Elijah Vera Tucker selected in the first round this past season for the New York Jets with their second first round draft pick. 
if those units start to gel together, I think we could see a very interesting uh, offensive unit on the, on the line for the New York Jets, which can be very good uh, for Zach Wilson and company as well. I also do like I do believe in uh, Robert Sella uh, to be a very good head coach uh, for the New York Jets. I, I do. I think he's a good guy. I think he's a good defensive minded head coach. Uh, I, I think that I think given time, Zach Wilson in the New York Jets can turn the ship around. Uh, given correct pieces added in uh, the NFL draft and in free agency, I think Zach Wilson can really. I think he has. I think he has potential. I, I'm interested in him in fantasy for sure. I think he's very cheap, very good value. Uh, if you're looking for a guy in super flex who has really high upside. Who's still very young. Zach Wilson's a great buy right now. I'm very interested in him. All right, up next, we have the guy in the thumbnail. If you're watching on YouTube, Trey Lance, uh, number three overall pick from the San Francisco 49ers. Some people thought this pick was going to be Mac Jones. Some thought it was going to be Trey Lance. Some thought it could be Justin Fields. No one really knew until draft day uh, when it apparently came out that Trey Lance is the guy the entire time. Uh, he has by far the highest ceiling of any quarterback in this draft class, uh, real-life talent-wise, in my opinion, and fantasy football talent-wise, absolutely. His rushing prowess uh, brings an entire another level to fantasy football that these other guys don't have for the most part. Justin Fields has a little bit of it. We'll get into that later. But Trey Lance on his own has a cannon of an arm. He has immense running abilities, and he's with Kyle Shanahan. Okay, He also has Brandon Ayuk, Debo Samuel, and George Kittle as weapons. His situation is by far the best of any of these rookie quarterbacks. And I think that Trey Lance in the right circumstances could help into a Josh Allen-level fantasy football quarterback going forward. I think that he is an immensely talented real-life quarterback. Uh, with He has all the tools, man. He, if you're looking for a quarterback that has all the tools, Trey Lance is your guy. He can chuck it deep. He can run. He can pull it down and do it himself. He can do a QB draw. He can make every throw on the NFL football field. And that's exactly what a lot of teams are looking for. Kyle Shanahan is an offensive genius and the best, one of the best NFL coaches uh, in, the, in the world. So I think that Trey Lance is given a great situation there in San Francisco. Give me a full starting quarterback next season with Jimmy Garoppolo out the door. No more quarterback controversy back and forth uh, for him. He's going to be handed the keys, which is always nice. Great weapons, great coaching, great rushing upside. I think Trey Lance is going to be the best fantasy football quarterback out of this group. Potential-wise, absolutely. I love Trey Lance going forward. I think he's an absolute buy, especially in Superflex. I think Trey Lance has a very bright future in San Francisco. I think the biggest thing that gives me confidence in him is uh, Kyle Shanahan. Kyle Shanahan is an offensive genius. Uh, he makes people who are nothing into something. He makes something into special. Um, I think that he did this this last season with Debo Samuel. He's going to do it again with Trey Lance. Uh, even in limited action, too, we saw Trey Lance play. He looks pretty promising. Uh, I mean, obviously, he was a rookie. He didn't look the most polished. But I think he looked pretty good for a rookie quarterback making his NFL debut games. Uh, Trey Lance is a very interesting guy for me, and I think that he has very, very high potential, which I am a huge, huge fan of. All right, guys, moving up next, we go down the draft board pretty far here. Justin Fields, who slid on draft night for no reason. Uh, the Chicago Bears trading up and taking Justin Fields. Uh, he's an excellent blend of rushing and passing talent. I see a little bit of Russell Wilson in his game. Uh, a new coaching staff could be a very big positive boost for Justin Fields with Matt Nagy and company holding him back the last season. Uh, Andy Dalton and him also had that weird back-and-forth relationship. He wasn't the most healthy either. Um, I think that he could really benefit from adding a weapon, just like I would mention for the Jacksonville Jaguars. Allen Robinson fell off a cliff this season, and that is a big, big deal uh, for, uh, for, I almost said Russell Wilson, for Justin Fields' future. Darnell Mooney's coming along nicely in his development. Cole Komet is a nice weapon. Uh, but besides that, the Bears don't really have much. I think they definitely need to add a wide receiver in the draft. He also has a great defense behind him, though, which is good for winning football games, for fantasy football. Eh, not so much. Yeah, I kind of prefer a bad defense for my rookie quarterbacks, honestly, because they'll put up more points on offense. Uh, be more up-tempo with their offensive possessions and whatnot. But I do think Justin Fields is still 
Uh, very, very good fantasy football buy. He has the second highest ceiling out of any quarterback in these draft classes. He easily has top five fantasy football quarterback potential if he develops correctly. Uh, great passing talent, great rushing talent. Like I said, that blend of, of, of that blend of skill sets, uh, mentality, toughness, and more is going to be there for Justin Fields. I think he can do it all. He can make every single throw in the NFL field. Like I said, a lot of people had him as a QB one. Shout out to Christian Williams. That was your boy. That was your boy, uh, Christian. Uh, Justin Fields was uh, – him and Justin Fields had a love affair. Christian and Justin Fields, man, uh, my goodness. <laughs> uh, but Fields is a very good quarterback. I think he's in a good situation, better than most people, honestly. Uh, think I think he I think he's set for long term success as long as the Bears go all in and make the the future and the situation as good for him as they possibly can. Add a weapon, give him some more, give him some more tools on offense. Uh, invest more in that offensive line for him, and I think Justin Fields can really take that step forward and develop into an elite NFL talent uh, sooner as next season. Honestly, as long as they go all in uh, and provide him with the best situation possible. All right, up next, number four, moving down the draft board here, Matt Jones at number fifteen, the New England Patriots. Fell right into their lap. They got Tom Brady clone, essentially. Uh, Mac Jones, listen, I think Mac Jones in real life is a good quarterback, okay? He has elite pocket awareness. He can make every throw in the NFL football field you want him to make. He's very smart. He's a game manager. Uh, he's not the guy who's going to wow you with athleticism. He's not the guy who's going to wow you with his rushing ability. He can move in the pocket a little, uh, but he's not great. Uh, Mac Jones is a game manager to the T. He is exactly what the New England Patriots need for their football team. But for fantasy football, I honestly think Mac Jones is severely overrated. Uh, he is a game managing quarterback. What do I mean that? What do I mean by that? Especially in New England, uh, with the kind of game plans and the kind of way they win games, it's going to be a lot of defense first. It's going to be a lot of checkdowns. It's going to be a lot of two hundred yard passing games with one passing touchdown. Well, that's good for real life, and they're going to be winning football games. Mac Jones is not the guy I want for my fantasy football quarterback one at all. Maybe QB two and Superflex, but he's never going to be a guy. I think that finishes outside, uh, inside the top ten, unless he really goes Hamburglar and uh, gets some really good weapons there in New England. But right now, his weapons are just Hunter Henry, uh, Jacoby Myers, cool, I guess. Uh, defense first, not great weapons. I think he's a game manager quarterback, unless he gets a lot of weapons and the coaching staff changes its uh, in mind on the game plans for the New England Patriots. I personally am out on fantasy football, Matt Jones. I think it's a time for you to sell high on him. Following his rookie season hype, a lot of people think that he's the best real-life quarterback of that rookie class. So going going out there early and selling him makes a lot of sense. People also don't forget that he has the lowest ceiling out of any of these uh, prospects for this class, right? Coming in, that's what everyone said. He's pro-ready. He has a lower ceiling. I like Mac Jones in real life, but for fantasy football-wise, his ceiling is severely capped. I don't think he has top-five potential at all, where all these other guys do. Lawrence does. Fields does. Lance does. Jones does not. He's a game-managing quarterback with a good defense who's going to dink and dunk their way down the field and win football games, but he's not going to be throwing for 300 yards and three touchdowns. You know, it's just not going to happen. Mac Jones just isn't that guy. Sure, he's capable of it, and if he develops uh, correctly and they get some good weapons in there and Bill Belichick maybe leaves and uh, they start to change the offensive scheme, well, Josh McDaniels is gone, so maybe they do change the offensive scheme a little bit. Who knows? I'm not trying to close the door on Mac Jones here, guys. I think he's a, he is a good real-life quarterback. He does have great skills. Uh, the Patriots are a great situation for him. But that being said, I think Mac Jones is a game manager. His his ceiling is capped, and I don't think he's going to go anywhere uh, for fantasy football-wise at all. I'm selling high on him uh, for anything, really, uh, in fantasy right now. I think his value is going to crash next season for sure. All right, up next, guys, and last but certainly not least, Daddy Longneck, as some people call him, Davis Mills, quarterback for the 
Houston Texans, we're going to get into him in one second after Akash, I read Akash's comment here. Uh, Superflex, six-point passing touchdown. Dak plus mid to late 2023 first-round pick or Lamar Jackson in a mid-2023 second. That's a tough one, Akash. I personally am going to take Dak Prescott there. I think Dak Prescott has a very talented way of what, uh, way, uh, wow, away, array of weapons in Dallas. Uh, and I think Lamar Jackson, while impressive as usual, I think that his career longevity could be a little shorter than some of these other guys. Uh, I mean, I personally play Dynasty in a three-year window, so I'm personally not too concerned about Lamar's longevity right now at all. Uh, But the 2023 class is so loaded and so heavy with prospects, I want to get as high up on the draft board as possible. So I think Dak and Lamar Jackson are in the same tier for me, and a first-round pick and a second-round pick is a big difference to me. So I'm going to be taking the Dak Prescott and the uh, mid-to-late 2023 first-round pick side. And the six-point passing touchdowns also benefits Dak Prescott as well. So I'm going to be taking the Dak Prescott side of that package. If anyone else is watching right now, let me know what you guys think about that deal down below in the comments. Once again, the Superflex, six-point passing touchdown league, Dynasty, Dak Prescott in a mid-to-late 2023 first, or Lamar Jackson in a mid-2023 second. Very interesting trade package. Thanks to Kosh for sharing that. All right, back into Davis Mills here in the Houston Texans. Uh, I don't have that many notes on Davis Mills. It's just an interesting situation, in my opinion, with the the, the whole Deshaun Watson ordeal. Uh, Davis Mills came in this season behind Tyrod Taylor, drafted in the third or fourth round from the Houston Texans. Mid-round guy, uh, decent quarterback. You know, he had some arm strength in college. He was a highly talented recruit. Uh, he came out, got drafted by the Houston Texans. Their first pick in the draft was said something they'd always wanted to prioritize the quarterback position, but didn't necessarily have the elite draft capital to get the top guy. So they just said, okay, we're going to take a shot on this guy that we like. Uh, we pro- They probably had like a second-round grade on him, I'd assume, and saw him as a value on the draft board at that time. Uh, they took Davis Mills, brought him into the facility, let him trade behind Tyrod Taylor for a little while. Tyrod Taylor inevitably gets injured because he's cursed. Um, and Davis Mills comes in. Both are a decent star rookie for the Houston Texans. He honestly played better than uh, than than Trevor Lawrence in this season, which is incredible. Davis Mills put together a better season than Trevor Lawrence. Seriously, he did. Don't believe me? Look at the stats. Uh, he really did. Uh, Davis Mills had a garbage situation. His wide receiver won. Uh, besides Brandon Cooks, he was throwing a bunch of nobodies and Nico Collins. Um, I think the Houston Texans do have some potential there to develop some good weapons with Brandon Cooks, Nico Collins. I think Brevin Jordan is a very interesting dynasty tight end stash right now. Young guy coming out of Miami University in the Florida. I'm uh, sorry, University of Miami, the U. I'm at Miami University currently in Ohio. Uh, but in case you guys didn't know, by the way, Miami University is Ohio. That's this one. The University of Miami is Florida. That's why it's called the U. A lot of people get that mixed up. I just got mixed up. Anyway, the more you know. But lastly, I'm, I'm just very interested to see what the Houston Texans decide to do with Davis Mills. I mean, I thought he had a pretty solid rookie season. That being said, though, they still have Deshaun Watson on their roster. If they can bring in a, a head coach that wants to help out with Deshaun Watson like Brian Flores, I honestly don't think Brian Flores is going to get hired this coaching cycle with that lawsuit going on with the NFL. Uh, much respect to him, by the way. He's finding the good fight over there, man. Shout out to Brian Flores if you're watching this for some reason. No, I'm kidding. He's not watching this. But shout out to Brian Flores. He's a good man. He's standing up for the right beliefs, and I, I, think, that's, I think that's very important. But unfortunately, he's probably sticking his coaching career out there on the line. He shouldn't have to, but I think he is. Uh, but the Houston Texans, man, if they can bring in a coach that that, has, that keeps Deshaun Watson around for the Houston Texans, I don't think Davis Mills get dealt in a trade. I think they probably would just hold on to him, and he gets the Gardner Minshew treatment, honestly, which would be, would be would be pretty unfortunate for him. But I think he does have a shot if the Houston Texans don't make a huge splash. Let's say the Houston Texans make a huge splash trade for Deshaun Watson. As long as they don't bring in another starting caliber quarterback in that trade, like, like let's say, for example, I don't think it's going to happen anymore for Miami. Uh, they pretty much came out and said that they're not going to trade to Tua. So let's say let's, say, let's talk about the Eagles for a second then. 
Let's say the Philadelphia Eagles go out and trade for Deshaun Watson and they include Jalen Hurts in the trade package. Jalen Hurts obviously would be the starting quarterback for the Houston Texans then de facto, uh, but then Davis Mills would probably get bumped to backup. Uh, but what we want to see is a trade where the Houston Texans either just get a bunch of draft capital and defensive players or offensive weapons uh, and get this Keith Davis Mills as starting quarterback if you're interested in Davis Mills. I think he's an interesting guy. I don't think his ceiling is that high. I think he could be like the next Gardner Minshew possibly for fantasy. Uh, could be an interesting quarterback moving forward. I don't think he's going to be elite. I don't think he's going to be the worst. But if he gets the opportunity, he's definitely worth keeping an eye on, and he's super cheap given his production in fantasy football. All right, everybody, I have that meeting at 10 at 9 o'clock that I talked about at the top of the show today. Thank you guys so much for watching, and I will see you all tomorrow for the first wrap of our first week of Good Morning Fantasy, live tomorrow morning at 9, not, no, sorry, not 9 a.m., 8.30 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, live here on YouTube or uh, replay available on podcasts wherever you're listening right now. Thank you guys so much for listening, and have a great day, everybody. I'll see you tomorrow. Good morning, and have a great Thursday. Goodbye. Thank <laughs> you.